This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, July 14th, 2017. I'm Caleb Brown. The Senate has unveiled its revised health care bill to, in their words, repeal and replace the Affordable Care Act. Michael Cannon, director of health policy studies at the Cato Institute, argues that despite some nods to health savings accounts and low-cost insurance policies, it's not a step in the right direction and would leave Republicans holding the bag for the failures of Obamacare. Senate Republicans introduced a bill that the leadership wrote behind closed doors that they said would repeal and replace Obamacare. But really, it would not repeal and replace Obamacare. It would preserve and expand Obamacare in some ways. Yes, there are cuts to the Medicaid program in the bill, or more accurately, reductions in the rate of growth of Medicaid spending. So there really aren't any cuts at all. But even those reductions in the rate of growth wouldn't take effect for oh, six years, seven years. So there would be three Congresses that would take their seats between now and then, which means that those cuts, those reductions in the rate of growth would probably never take effect. In fact, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell is reported to have told reluctant, moderate Republican senators, don't worry about the Medicaid cuts because they won't ever take effect. So on top of that, what the bill does is it expands Obamacare's exchange subsidies to people below the federal poverty level. And so uh, it is in effect a, an expansion of the Medicaid program by another means. So this is what I mean when I say that it would, uh, it would probably preserve the Medicaid expansion and or expand it by expanding the exchange subsidies to the same population. So you're just getting a different form of federal subsidy to those folks. But it would not bring down the cost of care. Like Obamacare would just keep throwing money at unaffordable care. It would not eliminate the Obamacare health insurance regulations that are driving up premiums in the individual market, reducing the quality of coverage in the individual market, and causing that market to collapse so far in 40 counties across the country. That's 40 counties where tens of thousands of people maybe had coverage before Obamacare, were thrown out of those plans, and now Obamacare is leaving them with nothing because those regulations have driven every last insurance company from the market. So there's a lot of dissatisfaction with this bill that uh, the Senate leadership put together behind closed doors. Moderates were upset with it because they didn't like those reductions in the rate of growth of federal Medicaid spending. Conservatives were upset because this was a total uh, abdication or broken uh, promise. Republicans had been pledging for seven years to repeal Obamacare, and this bill doesn't repeal it. It actually expands it. So the Senate leadership went back behind closed doors and they tried to put together a compromise, include this provision, get rid of that provision in hopes of getting to 50 senators. That's the magic number that Republicans need to pass this bill through the special budget reconciliation process. And even then, Vice President Mike Pence would have to break the tie. And so Senate leaders tried to fashion a compromise. They worked with Republican, uh, uh, conservative Republicans. They worked with moderate Republicans. And they pro- yesterday produced a, a, a second version of their bill. And it is apparently no better than the first. Uh, there are some small changes that would be improvements. People could opt out of some of the Obamacare regulations. 
the bill would expand health savings accounts to let people use their health savings account balances, the money in their accounts, to pay for health insurance premiums tax-free. And those are welcome changes. But the bill would also retain a lot of Obamacare spending that the previous draft would have cut. And in order to pay for that additional spending, it keeps some of the Obamacare taxes that the previous draft would have cut. So they're not cutting taxes or government spending as much as they were in the previous draft. And even the parts of the bill that would make it better, like letting people opt out of those regulations, well, that so-called freedom option, uh, which was introduced by Ted Cruz, uh, they, they included a poison pill that basically guts the entire provision because it imposes, it retains on those plans some of the Obamacare health insurance price controls that are causing the individual market to collapse. And as a result, makes it impossible for the non-compliant market, for the non-compliant plans to provide secure, guaranteed, renewable health insurance coverage to people. And so that option is now worthless because uh, the, because the non-compliant market will not be a viable option for, for people and everyone will uh, end up in the Obamacare uh, uh, part of the market, the Obamacare compliant part of the market. So while I uh, am a huge fan of expanding health savings accounts and giving people the freedom to purchase health insurance with their HSA funds, uh, I think that even that uh, change and the, you know, the other small changes that are in this second draft of the Senate bill don't redeem it. They don't make it a step in the right direction. This is still a bill to preserve and expand Obamacare. Michael Cannon directs health policy studies at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast at iTunes and Google Play. And follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast. 